hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Pest Control Internet Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Patel, CEO of K3 Marketing, a Google premier partner where we have been perfecting the art of pest control internet marketing since 2005. All right, everybody, welcome back. If you are a new subscriber to the podcast, welcome. We discuss digital marketing strategies specifically for the pest control and wildlife control space. As always, we're going to jump right in to the question of the month. Question is from a guy named Tony from Arizona. His question is, Andy, what is the best call tracking software? This is a great question. I don't believe we've talked too much about call tracking. I know we've touched on it in previous episodes. I like to use a call tracking software called Call Tracking Metrics. Now, I don't know if they're the best. There's been a lot of talk about another company called CallRail. And from my understanding, I think they're larger or have been around longer. And I'm sure they may even be better than Call Tracking Metrics. But Call Tracking Metrics has all the functionality that I need. So, for example, let's just say you, the client, owns ABC Pest Control and a lady named Susan decides to call your call tracking number from your Google Ads program or wherever, then she would call the call tracking metrics number and then call tracking metrics will will essentially reroute that call to you without any sort of lag time. And you will get an email almost instantly that, hey, you received a call and here's a recording of that call. And that, that really helps a number of reasons. One, you know, tracking everything through your marketing efforts is is crucial because you want to know what services and marketing strategies are yielding the best ROI. But also, a lot of my clients use this tool simply to forward over to their technicians. So the owner of the company or a secretary gets all the information over the phone. And, you know, as the tech is on the way to go service Susan, then the, the receptionist or the person who answered the phone can essentially forward that call or that call log directly to the technician. So on his way, he can essentially listen to the call and understand fully what what's at stake or, you know, essentially what Susan is looking for. So that's a tool that's kind of obvious, really, but necessary, in my opinion. One thing that we really utilize call tracking metrics for is for the forms. So call tracking metrics has a tool called form reactor. So it's essentially a form. It's a form builder that you build directly in call tracking metrics in the call tracking metrics platform itself. And you embed that form onto your landing page. So when that form gets filled out, let's just say, let's use the same example. Susan fills out that form. She's on ABC Pest Control. She fills out the form. Then ABC Pest Control gets a call right away. And it says, hey, you got a form lead from Susan, push one to connect. And if you decide to push one, it will call Susan instantly. And Susan's like, whoa, I just filled out the form like 10 seconds ago. You guys are calling me. This is awesome. So it allows you to get in front of the customer um, in a more seamless, effective way. So I really, really like that service. Again, not to say CallRail doesn't offer that, but I use it and utilize it for my clients within call tracking metrics, and it's phenomenal. They're always evolving. They're always sending out emails with new services and, and things like that. So call tracking metrics, easy app to use, easy service to use, great service, great, great, great customer service. Uh, when you call them, they're always, they're always on it. So 
Yep. To answer your question, Tony, hope that helps. Call tracking metrics is my personal go-to call tracking software. All right, let's jump right into the episode for this month. We are going to talk SEO, the infamous SEO. I have not touched on SEO much in the months that I've been running this podcast. And simply because, quite frankly, I'm personally not a big fan of SEO. And we'll, we'll get into that shortly. However, let's talk about SEO as a whole first. What does SEO stand for? SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. So essentially, SEO means that you are optimizing your landing page or website or listing for the search engines. Basically, it means that you're showing up higher on Google. Essentially, that's really what that means. During this episode, we're primarily just going to talk broadly about SEO, what it is, what you should be doing, what you can be doing, how much you should be paying for it, that type of stuff. We're not going to be going into any advanced SEO strategies during this episode. It's important that you understand the distinction between local SEO and traditional SEO. So traditional SEO essentially is, you know, you showing up on the top, top of Google, on the top of search engines, whereas local SEO is basically the map listing. You show up more on the maps, Google My Business maps. SEO can primarily be divided into two sections. We're going to call them on-page optimization and off-page optimization, okay? So let's first talk about on-page optimization. That means optimizing your actual website. So there's a number of things that you could be doing to optimize your website. First thing is run your site through a page speed test. Google has a great one. It's called Google Page Speed. You can just search it and try to make sure you have a decent rating with Google Speed with Google page speed. This may require you to optimize some of your images, make sure that they are not too large, some of your content, maybe some video that you have, logos, pictures, things like that. Also the way it's coded as well is important. It needs to be nice, clean code. You also want to make sure before you start doing any sort of on-page optimization that you've done some keyword research, meaning what keywords do you want to show up for? Now, in the pest control space, if you've been doing it for a little while, it's pretty obvious, you know, pest control services, pest control near me, bed bug removal, right? You want to kind of identify these keywords that you want to show up organically for. Once you've done that keyword research, you want to make sure that these keywords are in your meta tags, which is like your page code, so to speak. It's the title, the description, and things like that. You also want to make sure that you have good keyword density. So what that means is if you've identified, let's say, 10 keywords that you want to show up on page one for, and one of them is bed bug removal, you want to make sure that we have the keyword or the key phrase bed bug removal in your actual content. And you want to make sure it's written in a way where it's organic and natural, you know, don't just keyword stuff. Okay. Google's very smart. You know, back in the day, you used to be able to easily just put some keywords on your website, purchase a few backlinks and boom, you ranked organically. Uh, Google came up with an update back in 2012 called Google Penguin, and then another one called Google Panda, which basically stopped all of that. You have to do everything organically, ethically, and by the book. Now, on-page optimization is not hard. It's a one-time thing that you really should be doing. You don't need to do it consistently. 
And quite frankly, you could probably hire someone that is decent at getting this done, probably for about, I don't know, six, seven hundred bucks to knock it all out. I wouldn't be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on SEO. Um, remember, you are a local pest control company. You're not selling, I don't know, you're not selling products to the whole nation. If you are, then that's different, and you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But essentially, you are a local pest control company. So, you know, certain elements of SEO are important and certain elements are not necessary. So for a local pest control firm, spending around six, seven, eight hundred bucks to do on-page optimization effectively is pretty much where you want to stay around. All right, now let's talk about off-page optimization. Off-page is basically social signals, website signals, different types of ongoing updates that you should be doing on your site and off your site to show Google, to show the algorithm, to show the spiders and the crawlers that, hey, you guys are active and people are really concerned about what you guys are up to. Therefore, you know, people probably want to see what you're about. Therefore, let me throw you up higher up on the search engine. So what are some things you could be doing? You could be getting consistent reviews, okay? The number of reviews is not important. What's important is that you get consistent reviews and get reviews across the board. Get reviews on Yelp, Angie's List, reviews on Facebook. Google My Business obviously is a huge one, okay? Now, getting reviews in itself is a task. I suggest if you have the budget for it to use some sort of third-party review system. So I know, I believe the cream of the crop is ReviewBuzz, and they are very good. But they're also very expensive. There are some other cheaper ones out there, if I'm not mistaken. BirdEye, I think, is one. There's tons of them out there. But essentially, imagine if the system would automatically connect to your CRM and send out an email to everyone who's you basically you've serviced on a weekly basis. So something you don't have to necessarily monitor that often, but will ensure that people are filling out reviews across the internet on a consistent basis. Social signals. I'm not a huge fan of social media marketing for pest control, or I should say social media management for pest control. However, it's important to have a page. It's important to be relevant and consistent on social media. So posting regularly on social media, trying to engage, you know, search engines like to see that as well. Blogging, blogging, blogging is huge. Blogging is something that we recently got into for some of our clients, and it's been phenomenal. So posting a blog about twice a month on some sort of topic that's relevant, make sure you use the same keywords that you've selected for your website in your blog every time. That will go a long way as well. So blogging is great. Search engines love blogs. Update your website content regularly. So if you have any specials going on, any deals, coupons, um, if you want to add something to your portfolio, a new service that you're offering, you know, update your website. I would say at least once a quarter. Okay, you don't have to go in super regularly, but you know, if you just kind of have a stagnant website, Google does see that. Okay, so you want to have to you want to have some sort of updates to your website consistently. Also, update your Google My Business regularly. So just like you update your website, go into Google My Business, add your promotions and things there. I believe you can also upload your blog to Google My Business. I know you used to be able to. I don't know if you can anymore. So don't quote me on that. But if you can, 
post your blog on there as well. All right, the ongoing optimization stuff. Again, I wouldn't spend thousands or even hundreds of dollars on that. This is something that you can use third-party tools for as well as someone like an office manager can easily handle things like this. Remember, the content that needs to be provided is going to be best provided by you, the business owner, or someone on your team. So hiring someone to do that type of stuff is not really necessary. For example, blogging, we only charge a flat $200 a month in our agency. I mean, it's not it doesn't have to break the bank to do SEO for your company. So on-page optimization, you know, you can hopefully find someone around six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Off-page optimization, if you guys can do it yourself, great. If not, then I think hiring someone for around four or five hundred dollars a month max should be more than enough. If you are currently hiring an SEO firm and spending a lot more, then you should probably reevaluate uh, your SEO efforts. Also, keep in mind. Let's just say you are on page one organically. Congratulations, you are literally still two pages down. If you type in pest control near me, first you see the Google local service ads, the Google guarantee section, and then you'll see three or four ads, which sometimes have ad extensions. Then you'll see the map, the actual map. Then you'll see three listings underneath that map, and then you'll see the organic rankings. So SEO needs to be taken seriously. A lot of people do go to the organic side to click, obviously, still. Um, But Google doesn't really get any benefit, no financial benefit from SEO. They only really get benefits from you spending on Google Ads. So all this is really by design. However, it's nice to have a nice overall holistic approach and making sure that you haven't put all your eggs in one basket. So SEO is important to do, but I don't think it's something that needs to be breaking the bank, so to say. Also, I believe about, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, all these third-party sites like Yelp, Angie's List, Kudzu, although whatever they were back then, they got together and they sued Google because their listings were not showing up on the Google results. So now when you type in pest control near me, by law, Google is required to have a Yelp listing or Angie's List listing or Thumbtack listing and things like that. So even if you are page one organically, you are sharing that listing or that space with those third-party sites as well. So keep that in mind. All right, guys, I hope that helped. As always, I am Andy with PCIM Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email me through PCIMPodcast.com. Or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram at PCIM Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you guys next time. Stay safe.